This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we are in a series, um, and it's, uh, it's Faith Additives, What to Add to Your Faith, amen? And, um, and it's out of uh, Peter, glory to God. So it's out of 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. And, you know, when we get saved, uh, it's more than just us praying a prayer of salvation. It's more than just a faith prayer to get saved. Amen. Uh, You know, God wants us, you know, he wants us growing in him. He wants us moving forward in him. Would you agree on that? Amen. He doesn't want us staying the same. Do Do you believe that God wants us to stay the same? No. He wants us growing in him. He wants us becoming more like him. And I don't know about you, but my prayer is that I'm more like Jesus each and every day. Amen. That should be our prayer. Amen. And so we we should be growing into what I like to call Christ likeness. Amen. In other words, we should be walking in more love. We should be walking in more peace. We should be walking in more joy. Would you agree with me on that? And so we see this that that um, that Peter talks about that we can be walking in, uh, you know, the, the, the attributes of God, the divine life. And he says that we need to add to our faith. Look at Second Peter here. And it says, um, but also, uh, verse 5 through 7, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. And then he goes on to say this, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to stop here for a second. If he's saying that we don't add these things to our faith, if we just you know, uh, coast as Christians, uh, we can become Christians that are unfruitful. We can be barren Christians. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have anybody been, have you ever been in your life where you've been kind of barren as a Christian? As in that, you know, your life is not really flowing in the grace of God. It just seems like it's just all struggles and, and, um, and maybe we're not putting God in our life like we need to and we're, we're focusing on other things and, and we're focusing more on, on, on life instead of eternal life. Has anybody ever been there? And so he says here that these things, that if we focus on these things, if we give our attention to these things he's talking about, then, then we will be, see, God's calling for our life. I, I remember one person says, God is calling each one of us to be great. But I would say this, that's good, but I would say that God is calling each one of us to be fruitful. Can I say that again? God's calling each one of us to be fruitful. So you need to check yourself. Are Are you being fruitful? Are you bearing fruit in God? In other words, are we growing in God? Are are we, you know, I like to say this, are we sinning less today than we did yesterday? Can, can I, I mean, are, are we lying a lot less, cheating a lot less? Is there anybody, want to, are we repenting more? Or, are, are, and if we're repenting less, then that means that we might be walking according to God's word, right? 
We're not repenting every day. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody say, well, you can't go through the day without sinning. I don't believe that. Amen. You can go through the day if you keep your mind staying on Christ. You don't have to be asking God to forgive you for every sin that you commit. Amen. If you know, if you're knowing, if you are knowing in your mind that you're committing sin, why are you committing it? You don't have to. Amen. Yes. Thank God for the grace card. Thank God for 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Right. I love that. Amen. But it's not the grace card to cover everything that we don't do right. Amen. I, I'm, I'm talking to myself today. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm trying to keep myself straight. And uh, so he says here that we add what we need to add to our faith, you know, uh, virtue, knowledge and self-control. And I, I talked about these three uh, areas that we need to focus on. And uh, it says, be diligent to add these to your faith. So virtue is moral excellence. And, and moral excellence is, is making sure that we're, that we're walking morally before God and, 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 and before people. In other words, moral excellence is, is this, in a nutshell, are we doing the right things when nobody's looking? Oh, pastor, you're really preaching today. I thought you were going to tell me how good I am. Amen? Look, look, are you doing the right things when nobody's looking? Right? And if you are, amen, then your faith, you will have confidence in God. Amen? There won't be any fear in your life. You won't have any fear of possible judgment. Amen? And so, and so we want moral excellence to be in our lives, amen? And the key to moral excellence is what? It, it's getting up every day that you have a desire to please God. Amen. Amen. You've got, got to have a desire to please God. Not, listen, the Bible says in the last days, men will be pleasers of themselves. Right? So, so you're either, a, you can, if you're a pleaser of yourself, you know, if, if you, you're just looking out for how, how, what you want to do and it's all about you. No, no. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you got to, you know, you know, deny yourself. What? Amen. Deny myself? Are you serious, pastor? Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. That means we got to deny sometimes the desires of our flesh. Amen. And so we need to deny those things that will try to pull us down. Number two, uh, I talked about knowledge and, and that we need to uh, be always, you know, seeking knowledge of who God is. In other words, we don't, none of us have a handle on, on, the, on the vastness of, of, of the greatness of God. We, all, we, don't, we don't totally understand God. How many people totally understand God in here? I, I need to have a conference with you so I can figure him out too. Sometimes we just don't understand how God does something. We don't understand his ways at times. Amen. But we should, wanna, we should have a desire to understand God, why he does things, why, why he moves in a certain way, what makes God move, what causes God to move on our behalf. I can tell you it's faith. Faith can move God's hand in our direction. Amen. So, so, so we need to study about God. And, and, what, and I, I, I added uh, another key. One key is you got to stay hungry 
Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So you got to stay hungry. Somebody say, stay hungry. And the second key is, you got to stay humble. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get more knowledge of God, you can't think you know it all. I've heard this before, Pastor. I've heard this. I've I've read that scripture before, Pastor. Oh, you keep repeating yourself, Pastor, because maybe you need it. Because you know what? Some you know, as human beings, we tend to forget. Do you know we tend to forget? We don't remember. And, and, and we need to remember, the Bible talks about in Psalms 103, do not forget God's benefits. Forget not all his benefits. And we can forget God's, the Israelites forgot God's benefits. In the wilderness, they forgot about the ten plagues. They forgot about the, the Red Sea parting. They, they didn't think about all these miracles God did to get them out of slavery from the Egypt from the Egyptians into moving towards the promised land and and they forgot about that and we we have to keep remembering what God has brought us through and where he's bringing us to yes, amen. can I say it again we got to remember where God brought us from to where God's bringing us to because I don't know about you, but I, thank God I'm further down the road than I used to be. Amen. And so we need to keep moving down the road. That's that narrow path of life. Yes, the broad path is destruction, but the narrow path is life. And so, and so as we get closer to God, our path of our walk with God becomes more narrow. In other words, we don't have the liberty to move or veer to the right or to the left, when you're young in Christ, you have a little bit more liberty because you don't, you're do not you young in Christ, you're still a babe, so God gives you liberty. We give babies more liberty. Babies are, are allowed to, to have a diaper. They, I, I can't get my, you know, six-month-year-old to go to the bathroom, right? They have liberty to go to the bathroom in a diaper. But when, it get, when they get a certain age, you know, that diaper needs to... Like we're, we're training, I'm training Christopher. And, um, and you know, oh man, it's been a fight. He's five years of age. And Christopher, my, my, my youngest, yeah, boy, he has a personality on him. And I'm telling you, we're, we're, we finally got him. He's going to the bathroom, but, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to get him to wear boxers. And uh, it's not easy. And, and he's like, and he's very stubborn. And he's, he's half mad that, that, that we took the diaper away from him. I mean, he's really angry that we took the diaper away from him. And now, you know, now, you know, he has, he won't even wear, he won't even wear boxers. We have to, he walks around, I mean, nude in the house with a long shirt. I said, get that shirt a little longer. You know, because he won't, he won't wear boxers. He'll fight us on it. But, again, my wife says, I don't want him going back to diapers because if we put him back into diapers, he's better off naked in the house. They go back to diapers. So you hear what I'm saying today? I, what am I saying in, in, in the spiritual realm? We don't want to go back to diapers. We want to get to the boxers in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, we don't want to go back in our faith. We want to keep pressing on in faith. And so, so, so number, number three, self-control. 
And that's the third key to adding to our faith so that we would be fruitful, so that we can bear good fruit. You're going to have to learn to, to control yourself. Amen. And a lot of it has to do with our attitude, with our attitude. What are, are we controlling our attitude? Are we controlling, uh, you know, are we allowing little things to get to us? Are we allowing the small stuff to get to us? I mean, it was like, I think it was 630 this morning, I, you know, and maybe it was six o'clock. It may have been five. I don't know what time. It was early in the morning. Christian opened the, my door, you know, the bedroom and turned on the light. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and at one time I used to blow my top. Get out of my room. You know, that was almost three weeks ago. But anyway. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I just stayed calm. I stayed cool. And then, uh, then Yin got, got him out of the room, and, and Yin was up already, so she, thank God, she, she finally said she's locked the door because he did it twice. And I just stayed calm and cool and collected. You know, it's, yeah, that's just the way it is. Glory to God. Amen. And, um, and so, so self-control. And I talked about in, in that session that if you can learn to control your tongue, uh, James said you can control your entire body because a lot of times what we do, we speak it before we do it. Don't, don't you normally do that? You know, you, you speak things before you do it. Sometimes you say, I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that. A lot of times we, we think it first and then we speak it. And then I said, in controlling your tongue, you, you're going to have to learn to control your tongue. Then you control your entire body. But to control your tongue, you have to control your thoughts and what you think about. So I said you got to learn to cast down those imaginations, the things that the enemy will try to put into our minds. you got to cast those things down, amen? And then you need to think on... See, the devil will want you to think on the bad report. The devil wants you to think on what, what the... That's why you need to be very careful in watching the news. Because the news... I mean, I turn the news on and it's like... Somebody just killed somebody. This is, you know, it's like murder, mayhem, all this going on. That doesn't bring peace. Amen. And sometimes we just might need to turn the news off and turn the good news on. And so we need to start thinking in line with God's word. And the Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So don't be conformed to how the world thinks. Don't say what the world says. No, 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 no. Start saying what the Word of God says. See, the Bible calls us victors, even though we may, it may not look like that we're having victory. The Bible says that we're more than conquerors, even though it may seem like we're being conquered in some areas of our life. Right? But eventually, because I'm going to talk to you today about perseverance, and eventually you're going to win. You might be, there's not, might be areas in your life that you might not be winning in yet. Is there anybody have any areas in your life that you're not totally have the victory over yet? You know why you don't totally have the victory over yet? Somebody say flesh. You can say to that flesh, you know. It's because you got, you got a body, you got flesh. 
I'm telling you, people in heaven have no problem. They have no problems about sin. <laughs> Why? They don't have flesh. And they're always in the presence of God. You know, for us to be in the presence of God, we've got to cultivate the presence of God. You know, that's why angels, I've said this before, angels, don't, they don't have to have faith. Angels don't need to, uh, faith to operate in life. Why? Because they're always in the presence of God. They see God. We, we don't see God all the time. So we've got to have faith. We have to have faith when darkness is all around us. We have to have faith when all bad things are happening around us. We have to have faith and still believe even though things don't seem right in this life. Look at your neighbor and say, get some faith. Amen. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you need to learn to control your thought life. And you can do that by meditating on the word of God. Amen. So today I want to talk to you about perseverance. And perseverance is, uh, I looked this up. It says, uh, continued effort to do or achieve something despite of difficulties, failure, or opposition. The action or condition or an instance of persevering. Or another word, steadfastness. In other words, you keep going no matter what the obstacles are. You keep moving. You know, you know the example I have, and I know this is, you may have never heard this before, but has anybody, maybe you were a kid, maybe you heard this, the little engine that could. Anybody ever heard the little engine that could? It was a little engine that had to go up this mountain, right? And, 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 he, and he would say, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Remember that? Sometimes you might, you might be, as a Christian, I, I think I can. You're, you're, you're at that level. Then, then you get a point, I know I can, I know I can, I know I can. And I can. Amen? Amen? Yes, we start off, I think I can do this. I think I can walk. You can walk with God because God's grace is with you. Amen. His, His grace empowers you. Amen. You're never alone. Yeah. You, you, have a, you have a partner and hopefully it's not a silent partner. Amen. Hopefully God is speaking into your life every day. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So you think you can. You think you, you can. Amen. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know, I'm telling you this, we would, we may not, we would probably have electricity, but it may have been years down the road if it wasn't for Thomas Edison. And, and they said it took him a thousand, uh, at least a thousand experiments before he developed the light bulb. What if he, what if he quit at 999? Think about that. No, he would have went 2000. I, this guy was so set that he was going to develop the light bulb, that it really didn't matter how many times he failed. I'm telling you, is there anybody in here, I'm telling you, that will, that will keep pressing in until they see the promise? You've got to keep pressing in. So, so what do we persevere in, Pastor? What, what, what should we persevere in? Uh, we should persevere in prayer. We should persevere in prayer. A lot of times we pray, we don't see God move, and we stop praying. Why do we stop praying? Or, or we pray, but you know, and we say, oh, we need to pray for that need. But, or, or you may have a need, and, and your, your want to is not that great. So you pray, and you put it on a shelf, and you forget all about it. 
And you wonder why that prayer doesn't come to pass. Right? So what, what do we have to do? Let, let's look at Luke 18, uh, 1 through 8. And this is Jesus, and he's talking about persevering prayer. And he, and he, and he says that here in, in verse 1 of Luke 18. And he just talked about the Lord's Prayer. And then, he's, then now he's talking about persevering prayer. And he says, and in, verse, in Luke 18, 1 through 8, starting in verse 1, he says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So he's saying that we ought always to pray and not to faint or give up. Just because things seem not like they're not happening doesn't mean that God's not working in the realm. Uh, look, you know, look, we're going to be going on a we're going on a fast in January. How many people are excited about our twenty one day fast? Amen. Nobody. And uh, and so we're going on a twenty one day fast, and we're going to eliminate the sweets, the meats, and and the sugars and all that, and we're going to eat right. How many people are with me? And uh, and uh. And so, but we know this, that that 21 day, you know, fast came from Daniel in the book of Daniel. And Daniel was praying and this, and that's a a great example of of persevering prayer. He was asking God for some revelation and he didn't get it on the first day. And you know what? He said, okay, that's it. I'm going to fast. And he went on a fast and he didn't get it on the second day. And he said, that's it. I, I, I'm going, I'm staying on my fast. He didn't get it on the third day. And then he, he didn't get it on the fourth day. And it went 21 days. But the Bible says that God heard his prayer the first day. But there were demonic powers in, in the heavenlies keeping, you know, the angel from coming to give him the answer to what he was believing God for. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So sometimes we don't get it the first day with God. Oh. I like to say this. Sometimes God is the midnight hour God. I don't like it on the midnight hour. I don't want to wait to the very last minute. But sometimes God allows. Why? Because I don't know. That's just God. I'm still trying to figure that one out. God's never early. Right? I wish he was. Amen. I wish he was like. And sometimes he's a right on time God. Sometimes he moves right on time. Don't get me wrong. God can move right on time. He is a suddenly God. God can move on suddenlies. And so, and so, and so we got to get this revelation that, that, that God is moving in spite of what we see and why Daniel was praying. He received the answer in 21 days because there's demonic warfare that's against us. And the devil doesn't want you, see, the devil, he, he hates, you know, uh, marriages that are good. He wants to destroy marriages. Uh, he, he, he wants to destroy our finances. He wants us broke. The devil. God wants us prosperous. The devil wants us broke. Why? So we can't do anything. So we can't help people, Right. We can barely help ourselves. How can we help people? And then, and then the, the devil wants us sick. Amen. And so the enemy's working against us in all these areas. And I'm going to say this. You stick with me through this series. You're going to be winning in all these areas. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We may, you know, you're going to win and you're going to keep winning and you're going to keep winning and you're going to say, man, I'm glad I came out to exceed life. Thus, the, you know, the name of the church, Exceed Life Church, is to go beyond the limits of the natural. God wants us going beyond the limits of the natural. You don't have to live a natural life. You can live a supernatural life. God can do supernatural things. Do you believe that today? Can God make you a millionaire overnight? Yeah, just give me the lottery tickets, right? I mean, the lottery numbers. Yeah, he could. He could show you what to invest in. He could give you a witty idea. And, and, that, and that income can build more water wells like we do. Get, you know, take care of orphans. Uh, 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 get people saved. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? If you got your mind set on, on, on God and his kingdom, he doesn't mind prospering you. Amen. So we continue here. It says here that men ought to always pray and not faint. We'll continue. There was, a, uh, there was in a city, this is Jesus speaking here. There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said with himself, though I fear not God, nor regard men. Yet because of this widow troubleth me. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Think about this. So, so, so Jesus is talking here about persevering prayer. And he's saying, now, now a widow is uh, the person in society. That's normally uh, uh, the lowest person, uh, uh, if I could say, on the food chain. You know, It's the lowest person economically. You know, it, She doesn't have a lot going for her. She's a widow. She, she's, you know... On a on a low area, she's not super wealthy. She's she's a widow, and and so and so he takes this widow, which is being, uh, you know, on the on the lowest end of the uh, of the spectrum, and and she gets results from the king that's ungodly. And the ungodly king isn't God. He's just talking about that if 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 you are persistent, no matter. What is coming against you? You stay persistent in prayer. You're going to get it. No, in other words, whatever the devil is trying to keep you from getting, he can't keep the attack up. The wall can't stay up. Eventually, the walls of resistance will eventually has to fall in your life. See, the devil will set up walls of resistance to keep you from moving forward. But you keep praying and those walls will start crumbling down. They will tumble down like the walls of Jericho. It doesn't matter how big those walls are. See, some of you might need to start shouting a little bit more. Start shouting at your walls. Start shouting the word of God at those walls that's trying to keep you broke. At those walls that's trying to keep you sick. At those walls that's trying to destroy your relationships. You might need to shout a little. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm trying. You know what I'm trying to do this morning? I'm trying to build a warrior spirit in you guys. Because I'm not raising up wimps in Exceed Life Church. We're not people that back up, back off. You know, all the armor that God talks about, that Paul talks about, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, you know, the, the, the girl loins with, 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 with the belt of, of um, what is it? 
truth and, and shot our feet with peace. But there's no armor for the back. Why? Because we don't retreat. We keep moving forging forward. There's no armor for the back. Why? Because, because we're not those that turn back. No, we're those that keep pr- pressing in until we see the promises of God. Amen? Or you hear what I say? But he says that, that because that she would weary him, he says, he says, because she would trouble me, because, you know, he, he, he doesn't regard God, or, but, but, but what he says here, though I fear not God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continued coming she wearies me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge says. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, Jesus is speaking this. He's talking about faith. If you're going to be people of faith, you better learn to persevere. You better learn. You can't be that person when you you get a little setback. You can't just quit. Just because you get a little something come against you, a, a bad report. No, you should be pressing in even more into the things of God. If you got a bad report, that, that, you know, that, that should be your stepping stone to the promise of God. And so even in Luke 11, 5 and 8, he says this, uh, which of you... Uh, uh, he said, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on this journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within in and say, don't trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot arise or give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because of his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give to him as many as he needs. So this is another account where Jesus talks about persevering in prayer. And he says that if you're committed to standing in faith and until you get what you're believing God for, you've got to be committed. The Bible says when you've done all, stand and keep standing. I was uh, in a meeting. This was a meeting years ago where it was really packed out. Uh, the house was packed out. They had special seating. And uh, uh, Brother Hagen was ministering at the time. And uh, I remember I got there. Now, I was single at that time. And uh, uh, there were some seats that were reserved up the front and all the other seats. And I just, sat, and I just stood there. And the usher said, uh, can I find your seat in the, in the nosebleed, action, uh, nosebleed aisle, you know, or up in the nosebleed aisle? I said, no, I want those seats over there. I want that seat over there. And they said, well, those are special seats. I said, yeah, I'd like to have that seat. She said, mm, okay, well, we got those reserved. I said, okay. And I just kept standing there. Finally, the usher went to the head usher and said, this guy's just standing there. He just keeps standing there. And the head usher says, give him the seat. <laughs> Guess what? I got ushered up to the, to the seat. Why? Because I because I, I I didn't move. What was it called? Person. It's called seat faith. Have you ever heard of seed faith? That's sowing a seed. But you can have seat faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I got my seat. Remember, remember. I think uh, Thomas was. Remember, we went to Joyce Meyer meeting. And anybody ever heard of Joyce Meyer? And the place was packed out. And we got there, and I heard them, because we got there a little late. I am always seem to be running late. And the pastor, we're going to be in a nosebleed section. 
We're going to be in a nosebleed. You know, because I, I brought three mother, my guys. I think Michael might have been there. I'm not too sure how many people were there. And, uh, and I remember that, that there were seats right in front, right behind Dave Myers. Dave Myers was up there. These were special seats. And I, I said, guys, follow me. And they said, what? What are you talking about? Follow me. We got this done. And we walked, and I walked in there, and we got there, and, and we're wearing, some of us wearing our Sea Life church shirts and all that, and we just, we're just standing there on, on the edge, and they said, oh, can we find you a seat in the nosebleed section? And I said, no, I said, we want those seats there. And, um, and you know what? They weren't our seats. They were special seats. And, you know, it, they talked to somebody, and, and I, you know what? I was nervous. I was thinking, they're going to send us to the nosebleed section. <laughs> I didn't know if it was going to work or not. I said, I was a leader. I bet I hope this works or I'm, my, my name's going to be mud. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm a little shaking on the inside. Like, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Sometimes you can be a little nervous standing in God. It, it's okay to be a little nervous not knowing what's going to happen. You, I just took a leap of faith. I'm, like, I, I'm hoping that it's going to work. And, and then, uh, then they ushered us right. I remember I was right behind Dave Myers. Right? I just patted him back. Hey, Dave, how you doing, man? No, I'm kidding. But uh, but he but I was we were right there. I mean, we were we were right. We were so close to Joyce Myers. We were in spinning uh, a range. I'm spraying range. Okay, we'll continue. I guess you don't want to be that close to the pastor. Amen. And uh, but I'm telling you, but God honors faith. Can you say? Can 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 you? Can you believe that with me? God honors faith. And so here he's saying that, that really, there's an old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Has anybody ever heard that? The squeaky wheel gets the oil. In other words, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you press it hard enough, you're going you're gonna to get a blessing. you got to press on. You know, we were, uh, we, I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken the other night. And I, 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 was, I was vacillating, you know, should we get the eight-piece or the ten-piece? Anybody ever been to Kentucky Fried Chicken? Anybody like Kentucky Fried Chicken in here? None of you. All right. And, uh, and so I, I'm at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and, it, and the eight-piece is $22.95. And the ten-piece is like 30 bucks for the ten-piece. You know, but they add the cookies with it, and they add some extras, right? $30 for the bucket of and, and mashed potatoes and all that. And, uh, and, my, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to be conservative. I said, honey, and my, of course my wife says, do the 30. I'm saying, $30? I'm thinking, 22 sounds better. And so, I, so we went ahead, and I went ahead and did the 30. I, okay, you know, praise God, I have faith. I can, do, I can afford the $30 bucket of chicken. And we got that chicken back, and, and Yin counted the chicken. And she says, Dave, we only have eight pieces. I said, Eight! We paid for 10. So, you know, I'm a principal man. I'm a principal man. I could have just laid back and said, oh, all right. We got, I, I'm not that, you know, I'm a principal man. Principal man says, I jumped in my car, drove back there with my receipt, walked in there and said, you gave me eight pieces of chicken. And he charged me $30. I was trying to be nice. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You know, there was a guy there and I said, Eight pieces. I wonder how many people they do that to in the drive-thru. You know what they say, that what happens in the drive-thru. We won't go there. But 
And you got to always check because you, ne- you never know in the drive-thru. And, and so he, get, he said, oh, sir, I'm giving you four pieces of chicken. Do you like that piece of cake? You can have the cake too. I said, my, my kids like the, like the other type of cake. Well, here, you can have that too. Put it in there. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you. Appreciate it. And so I went home as a victor. Had four pieces of chicken. Had cake to boot. What do I'm saying to you? Just because you get a setback doesn't mean you have to step back. I'm going to say again, just because you get a setback don't mean you have to set back or step back. No, you got to get ready for your comeback. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Yes, just because you get a little setback. Yeah, just because there's a report in your way, that's just, just a little, but you're, there's a comeback. You're, you're coming back from, from what the enemy's trying to do in your life. He's sorry he ever messed with you. He's sorry he ever tried to come against you because it's going to come out, come back, and it's going to hurt him because the testimony's coming. A testimony of your victory and your triumph. See, great battles come out of great victories. If, you don't, if there's no battles, then there's no victory. If we never have a battle, how are you going to ever have a victory? Are you listening to what I'm saying? You, no, no. Great victories come out of great battles. You may say, I'm going through a lot, Pastor. I'm go- I've been going through so much hell this year because maybe there's a ministry in your life. Maybe God's trying to teach you to overcome some things. Maybe God's trying to get you in a position where you can start knocking some Goliaths out. Maybe God's getting you in a position to move you forward in, in the calling that God has for you. So, so, so we have to persevere in prayer. Number two, we have to persevere in doing good. Sometimes we do good and people do bad to us. Sometimes we sow good or do something good and then something bad happens to us. Or sometimes we try to be a blessing and, 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 and we don't see a blessing coming back from the same person. But it doesn't matter. You do something good, eventually good will come back. Ephesians 2.10 says this, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So God is calling us to be fruitful. So he's calling us to be good doers. Amen. He's calling us to be good doers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, we're called to be doing something good every day. Amen. Last night I was washing my car and there's this guy that's always there. I always get there right, at the, right before they close at 8 o'clock. But the guy's always cool. He lets me use the vacuums even past 8 and he said, man, I said, how was your day? He said, oh, I had a bad day. I almost had an anxiety attack. The, the boss was really on me. He was just, just you know, yelling at me today and, and all that. And I'm about ready to quit. I said, man, let me pray for you. You know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I've talked to him about the Lord before. His name's uh, Joshua. And, I, and he, I said, do you need some prayer? And he said, oh, I, I could use some prayer. So I prayed for him and said, Lord God, just, you know, you don't have to be this great prayer warrior. Just, you can just say a simple prayer to somebody. Lord, just give them peace in Jesus name. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to use a lot of scriptures. Just be simple. Pray a simple prayer and and God and let God do the rest. And I just prayed a simple prayer and I thought, man, I got a gold star in heaven today. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? 
Why? Because we're supposed, we're supposed to be good doers. We're, in other words, we should be looking for opportunities. Remember, Jesus said, remember that the person said, ask Jesus, who's my neighbor? Because Jesus said, you need to love your neighbor. And, he, and then that guy started, you know, he was being smart with Jesus. And Who's my neighbor then? Is it my next door neighbor? Is it, my, is it the people that I love, you know? Who's my neighbor? And then Jesus said, your neighbor, and he gave the, remember the parable of the, of the, um, of the, uh, of the person that got uh, beat up and, you know, the good Samaritan um, uh, uh, parable. And, and remember the good Samaritan? And he said, and he said it was the, the, the person that helped the good, that, that good Samaritan helped that person that was beat up. And what Jesus was saying is your neighbor is the person that needs help. Your neighbor is a person that needs prayer. Your neighbor is a person that needs an encouraging word. Your neighbor is a person that might need a Holy Ghost handshake every once in a while. Your, your neighbor is somebody that needs help. That's who your neighbor is. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, so we're called to do good works. Amen. And so in Galatians 6.19 it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, we have an opportunity. Let us do good to, the, to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Yes, amen. amen. So let us continue to do good, especially to each one of us in the, in the house. Amen. And who's a good example of doing good? Why, why bad things are happening? Well, there's two examples. One is, is Joseph. Joseph, even though, uh, you know, he was thrown in a pit and then he got you know, sewn into slavery in a Potiphar's house and he was serving in Potiphar's house. And then, you know, uh, he had so much favor. Potiphar's wife uh, wanted Joseph and Joseph denied Potiphar's wife. And she got so angry with Joseph that she made up a story that he tried to rape her. And then, then he get, then Joseph gets thrown into prison. We all know the story, but, but Joseph kept being his best even though bad things were happening to him, he kept being his best, allowing his gift to work, you know, and he allowed his gift to work. And remember that, that the baker and the cup bearer came to jail and he, and he gave them the, revealed the dreams to them, hoping that, you know, and, and everything came to pass as he said about their dreams. And then, you know, and then God finally, even though bad things were happening, he was in a bad spot, God still prospered him in his plight. And no matter where you might be at today, where you might be at in your life, God still can prosper you as long as you keep being your best, doing the best that you can, walking in love, sowing good seed. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we know the Apostle Paul is another great example of perseverance. And we know Apostle Paul, he, he preached and he raised up churches. And eventually, Apostle Paul, he, he died in prison, you know. And so he ended up in prison, but he started writing letters and he became, you know, and that's what makes up our New Testament Bible. Two thirds of the New Testament Bible was because he was thrown in jail. See, the devil thought he could stop Paul. The devil thought, I got him now. I'm going to get him in jail. I got him now. He ain't going to be able to raise up any more church. He ain't going to be able to do any more damage to me. And so the devil went against Paul and said, I'm going to get him in jail. And that's it. His ministry's done. Finit. Over. Right? That's it. But guess what? That was just the beginning. 
Why? Because he started writing these letters. And these letters became so awesome that God allowed these letters to be actually holy word put in a holy Bible. And now we read these letters today for encouragement and strength. Paul is still preaching to us today through thousands of ministers all through the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? The devil, what the devil thought he could do, he thought he could get Paul down, but you can't keep a God man down. You can't keep a good man down. And so, and so, but Paul, no, no, no. Even, remember John, the apostle John, they tried to boil him in oil and they finally banished him into an island of Pathmas. And remember, then, then, then he had this greatest revelation, wrote the book of Revelation on that island. And I'm telling you, we have, oh my gosh. The devil thought, I got him now. He's going to be on an island. See, it doesn't matter where the devil might, you, might, might have you right now. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm just stomping on the devil's head a little bit. Can I do that? Are you hearing what I'm saying? God can make a way where it seems to be no way. Can I get a witness in the house today? Uh, you, your faith better start. It should be increasing. Amen. I know my English teacher would be on all my case on my grammar today, but that's all right. And Joseph. Amen. And possible. Now, let's look at this. Uh, this is Paul. And I'm trying to close down here. And Paul, this is Apostle Paul. And he talks about his qualifications as an apostle because Paul was called to be an apostle. Now, he wasn't one of the 12 men that walked with Jesus. Uh, those, those, they have a special a place in, in, in the kingdom of God, and they're called the 12 apostles of the Lamb, right? They walked with Jesus, and they all were, were, were uh, martyred for the kingdom of God, except for John. So they all died for their faith, amen? And they have a special place in heaven. They're, they're, they're the 12 apostles of the Lamb, amen? But, but Paul, praise God, the 13th man, amen? Paul, the 13th man, he was a great apostle and God and he has a great place in heaven. Amen. And but but uh, he says here, talking about his qualification, he said, are are they Hebrews talking about the other apostles? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in late. Now he talks about his qualifications in labors more abundant in stripes above measure, he talk, he's talking about being whipped. In stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, from the Jews five times. I received 40 stripes minus one, three times. I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times. And that doesn't mean he partied, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. He was stoned. In other words, they threw stones at him three times. Three times I was shipwrecked. At night and a day I had been in the deep, in a journey, often in perils and of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in toil, in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness, besides the other things what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. 
So we see here that Paul, now how, that, that's a pretty big list. We know that Jesus said there were going to be great things that Paul will suffer for, for God's glory. Amen. But, but then he says here in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, after this long list, he says, therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at, at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So what is he saying here? He's saying that, he's saying that, that our light affliction, whatever we're going through, whatever we're encountering, that, we see, that it seems to be monumental in our life, Paul calls it a light affliction. He says, but my light afflictions. Paul, you were shipwrecked and you were whipped and you were stoned and you went through all this and you're in prison. Light afflictions. And what, you're, what are you going through? <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Light afflictions. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We got we to get an attitude like Paul. We gotta, when, when, when something happens, we can't be so focused on the negative thing where it consumes our entire life. Oh, my Lord. See, too many people are living in their past. They're, they're, they're thinking about their losses. They're too focused on what didn't happen yesterday. They're too focused on losing money in the stock market or oh, what they could have had last year if they did something. Or, or what they, no, no, you can't, can't move forward if you keep looking in the rearview mirror. You can't allow your past. Don't allow your past to dictate your future. A lot of people are allowing their past. They're looking back. No, no. In faith, we always look forward. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we continue to look forward. We don't lose heart. We keep pressing in. And and the third key to perseverance is we need to persevere in faith. We got to have persevering faith. This means whatever God calls us to do, even though it might be hard, we don't quit. Just like the Apostle Paul. We keep doing what God is telling us to do. We don't give up. We don't let go. We don't throw in the towel. We keep pressing in. In Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Your need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what, has, what he has promised. I'm going to read that again. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Your need to persevere so that when you have, your need to persevere so that you will have done the will of God and you will receive what has promised. Now I'm going to say this. If you, this is a key part of really perseverance it's the foundational part of faithfulness. Faithfulness is you keep doing it and no matter what it looks like. You stay faithful no matter how it looks. You keep doing it. You keep doing the right things. In other words, you believe in the process. Now, I like what it says here in Revelation 3, 7, and 12. And, you know, I like to think about our church, and I'm closing here. I like to think about our church as being, you know, there were seven churches uh, that, that was mentioned in the book of Revelation. And Jesus gave this revelation to the Apostle John and seven churches. And out of those seven churches, uh, there were five that were rebuked in some manner. Jesus said, you need to straighten up in some area, fly right, 
or judgment is coming. There were five out of seven churches, and, and, and one of the church is called the Philadelphia Church. Amen. And my prayers often is, I want Exceed Life Church, I don't want to be in the church that's rebuked. I don't want to be the rebuked church. I want to be the Philadelphia church. So I kind of pray, I pray, prayer. Uh, I pray, Lord, allow Exceed Life Church to be likened to the Philadelphia church in the book of Revelation. And so in Revelation, he says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, say he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have little strength. I'm going to stop there. He says, you have little strength. I looked that up. He said, little power. In other words, you don't have a lot of influence. You're, maybe you're in a place, even at Sea Life Church, right now, we're still, I, I really believe as a church, God is still, he, we're still hidden in a cleft of the rock. Amen. We're still in a place of development because God wants to do some amazing things in Exceed Life Church. But right now, he's, we're in character development. And right now, you might be in character development in your calling. And right now, you may not be moving. You might be in a holding pattern, right? And you're saying, why am I more in a holding pattern? Because there's some areas in your life that you might need to correct. And we're going to stay in that holding pattern. There's some areas in our life that we might need to get past before we're moved up to the next. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so he says here, I know your works. I see I've set before you a door and no one can shut, an open door and uh, no one can shut. For you have little strength, little power. You have little influence right now. But you have kept my word and have not denied my name. In other words, you haven't given up. You haven't quit. You haven't thrown in the towel. You haven't said this isn't worth it. You know how many preachers quit every year? Do you know how many preachers say, nah, this ain't worth it? You know, there's a lot of preachers quitting all the time. They say 1,500 preachers quit a year. Are you, are, are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, they don't stay in the long... They say most youth ministers don't make it past five years. I was a youth minister for, for, uh, for at least five years. I think it was, yeah, over, over five years, seven years. They say most youth ministers don't make it. They, they quit in five years. And so what I'm saying to you today, if ministers are quitting, what about the people in the church? They say, I ain't going back to church anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm not coming back to church. I'm not going to go back to church. I'm going to stay home. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Or, or I'm just going to do my own thing. So how many people are quitting God? How many people are quitting their faith? And so he says here that, that I've kept the word and have not denied your name. Indeed, I will, he says, you have kept the word and not denied your name. I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I'll make them come and worship before your feet. So he's saying that your opponents, the ones that are talking about you, will eventually be groveling at your feet. And to, and to persevere... And to know that I love you because you have kept my commandment to... Per- Notice this. He said, I will show these people that, that, that I love you because you kept walking the walk. And he says here, I will keep... He says here, because you have kept my commandment to persevere. 
You have kept my commandment to persevere. See, as Christians, this walk is a perseverance walk. It's a walk where we got to keep moving in God. You stop, you slow down, you'll lose. you got to keep pressing in. There's no coasting in God. There is a gravitational force, a darkness that will try to pull us down. Any dead fish can float downstream. It takes a living fish to, 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 fly, to go upstream. I know I barely got that out. <laughs> is it the salmon that, 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 that go upstream? They have to go upstream, right? Somebody say, I'm a salmon. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Praise break. (laughs) 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 Oh, glory to God. Faster, you're unhinged today. I'm unhinged today. Some of us might need to get unhinged. Man, if I get a if I get a mirror and put it up to your nose, will it fog up? I mean, are you alive? Are you comatose? Woman's unhinged. Glory to God. <laughs> We're in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's my mom. Be 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 gentle. Don't don't judge. Amen. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, the atmosphere is wonderful in here, and isn't it? I think I think I think you know they say in Vegas. Has anybody ever been to Vegas? Don't raise your hand. I'll pray for you. And um, but they say in Vegas. I've been to Vegas before. That's when I was a little backslidden, right? But I went to Vegas. I, I did. I actually gambled before. And they say that in Vegas that they pump oxygen into the atmosphere so it keeps you more awake. I don't know if that's true or not because they want to keep you gambling so you lose some money. But but right now what's being pumped in this church right now. It's called the glory of God. It's being pumped in here. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, you guys will never be the same. You think, oh, I, you're, you're getting a contact anointing. In, uh, are you hearing what I'm saying today? Somebody say, contact buzz. Amen. A contact anointing. I know we've had some partiers and you know what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the... Notice this. I will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast which you have that no one may take your crown. He says, hold fast to what you have that no one takes your crown. If there's there's a possibility... That your crown could be taken, you better hold on tight to the unchanging hand of Jesus and never let go. When I'm praying and I have my hands clasped and I'm holding them like this when I'm praying, I'm thinking about my hand is clasped to Jesus. 
and I'm not letting go. And the stronger I'm clasping my hand, the stronger I'm holding Jesus' hand. And I'm not letting go. I'm praying in prayer. I'm believing God. Persevere. Prayer. My family, my relatives are getting saved. My neighbors are getting saved. Oh my gosh. People that are out of church are coming back to church. I'm holding on to the promises of God. I'm not letting go, Jesus. I'm not letting go of your unchanging hand until it changes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you, you walk in perseverance in these three areas. Persevere in in prayer. Persevere in doing good. Persevere in walking in faith towards God and you will see the promise of God. I guarantee it. I know I sound like a commercial. I guarantee it. Do you believe it today? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I thank you, Father, for the precious people here in the audience today. I thank you for those watching online. Father, perhaps there's people here that are in the valley of decision, Lord. There may be people here or there watching online that that have not made a sold-out commitment to Jesus. And if that's you today, you've never made a, a, a profession of your faith, or you may have in times past, but you're still in the world, you're still walking part in the world, and you're ready to make a full out commitment. If that's you today, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. I won't call you up, but I'll lead you in a prayer. If that's you online, and you know it's time to make a decision for Christ, well, today's a day of salvation. You may not have another chance. This life is just a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. So if that's you and, and you're ready to make, make a move towards God, say this prayer out loud, mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.